0: So hello and welcome to our ongoing series of Icons of Relocation podcast. My name is Simon Johnston, I'm the CEO of Icon Relocation, and we provide world-class home search, moving and property management solutions, both in the UK and worldwide. Now, however, we're more than that. We're also a leader on relocation and property data, and this is an incredibly fast moving housing market in probably most locations around the world at the moment. And that's a key factor for any successful relocation to take place. So to expand on that, I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Sean Flanagan. He's the director of our digital business and leads our innovation team. So, hi, Sean, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yes, very well, you? Yeah. yeah, pretty good, thanks, pretty good. Now, this is a conversation I know we both enjoy. Uh, goodness knows how many conversations we had around this. But maybe we could just explore it to begin with. Uh, when we talk about data, this can cover just a vast range of topics so when it comes to property and relocation what sort of data are we seeking to collect about seeing expand of how do we collect some of this as well? Mm.
1: Well I think I think the lesson we've learned through over time really is just collect everything and everything we can get um, within reason but as much information that we can get about properties and and everything related to um, the assignment it, it all helps and helps paint a picture so to sort of summarize as sort of briefly as I can in terms of what we look for is in the initial stages when we are looking at properties we tend to try and pull as much data about the property obviously the top line information, bedrooms type of property where it is we we actually go so far as to to pinpoint that on a map we use grid coordinates on that um we we obviously will get things like description and things like that even data that i think we feel we're not able to use today but there might be something in the future we've we've certainly found instances where we've looked back and gone, if a couple of years ago we would just got that little bit of information that would have been so useful right now. So I think we've learned that lesson. Um, so we get a lot of data about the property um, and then from there we use that to then make almost like a journey so if that property is then something that has been researched and there's some outcomes from that it could be a positive outcome it could suit the assignee in every way possible then we need to capture that information if there are negatives then we capture that as well and that works for for many reasons really first thing is in a testing market we sometimes find that we may research the same property for two different assignees well, being informed by the fact that we've researched that in the past, right. obviously, at efficiencies. Um, and, and it definitely helps get a picture of an area. So we might be on mass able to say, well, generally speaking, properties in this area, you know, aren't so good. Well, we have this repeated feedback on, on these sort of areas. So um, that's something we do. I mean, we can follow this through every stage of the process, you know, when it comes to viewings saving saving the presence of a viewing in in a database against a property um you know again when that happened who was there all of these things um an offer all the details of the offer what changed during the offer process if an offer was rejected or there's a counter offer what was that journey like so we can we can track that back most of the time The obvious thing is just to have the record, just to know what happened. If we need to go back and look at something, we can. But with lots of data, we can start to see patterns and trends. So having structured, captured data on each part of the process is very, rarely a bad thing. And we live in a world where storage of data is quite cheap. So it makes a lot of sense to capture
0: it. Okay, I mean, basically, as you said at the very beginning, we sort of try to capture everything. So what's going on out there, what we're doing, how it works. So taking that forward, so we're collecting obviously a huge amount of data here, but how does this translate into something helpful to our clients or for their relocating assignees?
1: Yeah, I mean, obvious things are when you're collecting data about properties you're looking at, you can start to see patterns. Price is an obvious one. What's going on with price? Um, You're obviously starting to look at things like What's the availability? Because we can rule properties out through research on, it's just not on the market anymore. So then we can start going, okay, well, what, which areas are we more successful in finding properties? Where are we seeing more properties come to the market? And where are we seeing those properties actually be available when we phone the agent up and say, right. hello, is it still here? And if we're finding that an area has a high amount of properties that are coming on, but they're, they're not available when we go to speak to someone, well, we know that maybe our energies aren't best placed in that particular location.
0: Right, so you can drill down to the agents. So we can actually say, well, which agents have actually the most stock or the most reliable stock, even the individual at this date agents, who is being most receptive, who we've got a close relationship with, who can we actually build on? Can we do that sort of
1: yeah, level? Yeah, exactly that. You know, again, trying, one thing we've, we've always tried to do is get all the um, relationship stuff to, to the property. So who, who's the agent? Um, who's a managing agent and then from there we start to build a picture of the agent as well so if we're again seeing that we've got lots of properties that are being tagged against a particular agent in our system but we find that you know they're not particularly helpful or they're very helpful whatever that might be that informs us and we can say okay well this is a great agent and they have lots of properties so we should probably speak to them more
0: Okay, which kind of leads beautifully onto sort of the next question I was going through my mind, and that is um, how can this help our clients save money in a difficult housing market? Because we can obviously see there's a large number of relocations increasing. There's a stress on the housing market. We-, we want to deliver the best service possible, but also want to help reduce their costs. Have you got any views about how this can help on that regard? Yeah, I think to be honest, a few of them I've touched on, um,
1: a key one being the you know, not double keying stuff. The fact that we've researched a property already may inform if we see that property again, we already have an amount of information about it. And and that does happen. You may see a property come off the market that you've looked at in the past and it comes back on the market. Well, if you spend time re-researching that property because you didn't know it was previously something we've looked at because someone else did it, or it happened so long ago that you've just forgotten and the amount of properties that you look at is so vast, yep. then you're gonna spend time doing something you've already done before. So that's an obvious one. So it's, it's a, it's a time-save. Efficiency tag there, isn't it? Yeah. And then once we've got a sort of mass of property information that we've got in, you know, geographically pinned, we can work out, is it a good price? If we look at the history of offers, we can sort of speed that process up, go, okay, generally speaking, This is what the property goes on the market for. This is what the offers were. We track that whole journey on offers. And ultimately, this is what the tenancy turned out to be. How much do we pay on the tenancy compared to how much was the property when it came on the market? Well, if we know, generally speaking, that we're going to have to offer 10% more, or if we can offer this much under, or we've got to offer on the nose, being aware of those problems before you go through the motions is obviously going to be a, a, a massive time saver so it allows us to inform clients as well and and say we're finding from our experience when we look at this data as a whole that generally you're going to have best success if you offer this much or if you find a property that comes on the market we can we can work out generally that you need to leave this amount of time to get into the property you know all of these bits of information that we start to get we can start to build a picture of what the past is and what that then does is help us inform the future a little bit in the present, because we can say, well, historically this seems to be the case. And if we can see that trend, then we can hopefully sort of get in before, and we're sort of informed about how it is before we start making decisions.
0: Yeah, because that's really interesting, isn't it? Because that, that helps the individual, obviously. So we can actually say, this is what the trends are, this is what's going on. So give really good advice to the individual to make sure they get it. But also for the company, we can actually then show what the overall trend is with the assignees, where they're going, what's happening, what's on the ground, how can we modify behaviour at the earliest stage, try and get a sharper, better response is, is basically what you're yeah, suggesting. Yeah.
1: And there's a level of, of managing expectations as well. You know, if someone if someone comes to us an assignee has an expectation of what they want we're able to to see whether that fits what's actually happening you know it's it it helps us there's nothing worse than not being informed of something at the beginning and if you've got a bit of information that says okay you want to offer this amount of money in this particular area yeah and you're not informed as a team then you're not able to go back and say to them okay that's probably not realistic what we need to do is this if you don't find that out until you spent a lot of time working on it, it's sort of annoying for everyone. Yeah. So that sort of thing saves money and it also probably keeps people happier.
0: Yeah, good point. Uh, so which kind of goes on to a question which I know you and I have discussed a bit. So we, I think we can kick this around for a while, which is... Uh, we both love data. I mean, I have to say, I'm semi-addicted to actually the the data we got and what we can do with it and how we can translate that to clients and assignees. But there's always a question mark about how, how do we present this? How do we put this in front of somebody? Uh, What is the best vehicle for this? Um, Can you give us a view about what we're doing now, what we've got in the pipeline and maybe where you think this might go as far as vehicles to to express this tool?
1: Yeah, I think um, I, I wouldn't profess to be an expert in in sort of data science or, or putting um, visualizations together but I think that is always the challenge with anything that you do is how do you represent something succinctly and simply because that's often harder to do that than to just present the the raw data you know it's, it's finding a way that you can package that up in a really easy to understand manner that you can put in front of someone and they just get it. So that's, that's a challenge we have. I think very fortunate now compared to a few years ago, there are a lot more tools for this sort of thing. And there's a lot more tools where people like myself who are, who are programmers can do a bit of data science. And, and it's, you know, it makes so many things easier. And I think that's just the world we live in now. There's a lot of things now that, you know, anyone can make a website. You know, if you think back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that just wasn't the case. It wasn't as easy and it's just gets easier and easier. And I think we're starting to see that with, with big data, the tools out there to handle big data and visualize it and put it in front of people are just so much better than they used to be. So yeah, the challenge is, and i probably sort of veered a little bit from that. The challenge that we have is, is representing it really clearly. Yep. Um, and, and often it's just sort of, figuring out, okay, what have we got? What story do we want to tell? And trying to get a bit of inspiration from, okay, what's the best chart or graph or table, you know, or mixture of things. Sometimes we're trying to tell multiple stories with data as well, and that starts to get even
0: trickier. Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I mean, look at the multiple data, because we've got the ability um, to actually look at the stock levels, what's coming on, which areas have got the best stock. We can overlay that, and again, correct me on anything here, but we can overlay that as, as where activity is, where do assignees want to go. So they may mm-hmm. want to go one place, but they may go up and go into another. And then overlay that actually what's going on the housing pricing, whether the pricing going up or down and what the operators. is. Mm-hmm. So that, as you said, that's all part of a story, isn't it? It's trying to put that together yeah. in a very succinct way so a client or a assignee can look at this and can see that big trend. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got it. It's that mapping of it is the key. It's, it's often that...
1: If we look at something like that, where you're trying to tell a story about a relocation or you know finding a property in an area, it's multifaceted. It's not, there's not always, and there's very rarely one key driver. It's not, I want to live in this area and cost is my only driver. There's so many things, you know how close am I to the office? What are the amenities like? What's crime like? Uh, what's the size of the property? There's so, so many things And it's trying to get all of these different data sets together and and sort of represent, this is the perfect, or this is the area we should put a lot of effort. So quite often you have these situations where, yeah, it's really easy to represent this location cost, you know, where, where should I look? And then you've got another set of data. that says, well, this location crime, you know, we want low crime. Where should we look? They could be different places. So it's, finding a way to to what you have to tend to do is is create a way of scoring right. and sort of putting those things together and building a score that's the simple way i think to do it but that's often the challenge It's just finding out what are all the key drivers what information do we have that that can give us a part of the picture and see if we can build a, a bigger picture from that
0: that's a really interesting conversation about the scoring uh in fact maybe i us just expand that for a second so uh are you looking at the fact we, we should be able to say to a client or the assignee, based on certain criteria, the area that has the highest success rate or the higher percentage of reaching what you're looking for is here compared to here, and then show this sort of balanced picture to allow somebody, before they even relocate, to have a clearer picture of what's going to work for them? Is, is that what we're proposing? Yeah, and that's that's the hope. And And,
1: you know, these things are obviously dictated by the volume of data that you get. So the more data we get, the more we can kind of cut out the the noise in it and we can we can get a pattern. So the hope is longer term that we start to get really, really rich data on lots of different data points that we can then put together to allow people to make informed choices. I think we can't forget that this is a, a human process and it's also um, a movable feast with, with the market and the world and everything changing all the time. The data is not going to give you everything and it's not necessarily going to, if you think, you know, what happened during the pandemic when that kicked in, the data is almost useless for before lockdown and before the pandemic started, because that's, that was a different world. And then suddenly this happens and it takes you a little while for the data to catch up to what's going on and then it's just spotting the trend. But when you have these sort of watershed moments like that, it, you know, you can't predict those sorts of things, but it's about taking something and allowing that to, to inform you, really, more than anything else.
0: Fantastic. I know we've got a few things coming up, haven't we? We've got sort of client logins. We, we are actually offering to people to actually see the data for the signees and for the clients. And I know we have some very rich mapping. In fact, I, I know this because you show me um, what we have available is is just super exciting. So it sounds like one of the things we need to do is work with our clients and ask them to actually just engage with that conversation. What do you want to see? How would you best like to see this? Mm. Uh, I think, as you said, using your phrase, there's a lot of stories to be told here. It's trying to work out what is the right story for that client and then coming up with that formula for them and giving them the data available, making that data available for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're
0: completely right. It's just
1: finding the stories that matter I think is the thing you know it's easy especially you know with, with us working on it there's almost a wood for the trees argument that we've got so much information and we're we're living in it day to day sometimes it can be a little bit hard to be objective about well, what's important what's, what's important to us is it important to the client so these sorts of things we're we're speaking now to clients to try and get their perspective on it. What's useful for them? What are their sort of unmet needs? What do they have? You know, what are they currently using? What can we do to make their life easier by by automating something? Or what don't they have that they would really, you know, they want that will make them make better decisions or will save them time. So I think we can't necessarily make those decisions by ourselves. And I think it's really important that we speak to our clients to get that perspective.
0: No, I totally agree with you. In fact, this feels like a sort of really good section to actually then say that moving forward, I think we're trying to go do some workshops, reach our clients and see if they can help us and engage with us. And I think it might be quite fun to come back to this and maybe a month or so's time and see where we are, see what the feedback is from our clients. Also, I, I know we have a lot of vehicles of expressing what's going on and maybe we can explore some of that because, mm-hmm. the, as you said, the richness of the data and what we're seeing and what the actual patterns are are just so interesting and so exciting mm-hmm. for, for clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a difficult housing market, but if we get this right, we can find so many good avenues to allow the assignee and the clients to relocate efficiently and successfully in a mm-hmm. different housing market. So maybe we can come back to that in the, in the next next conversation in a, a few weeks' time, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Sean, sure, I know we can talk about this for ages. Uh, we, we actually, we usually do. So yeah. the fact we kept this to about twenty or minutes is actually pretty good for us. That's quite good. So isn't it? yeah, now fantastic, Sean. Thank you so much for your time. I know this is such a rich conversation. I can't wait for the next one, and we'll discuss it and we'll dive into a bit more detail at that stage. So, Sean, thank you so much. Thank Speak you. Speak soon.